0: Hey there, you're listening to Chase Stories Chats with Marcelino Perez, a series where I sit down with friends and talk about their life stories and journeys. We dive into their passions and how they got to where they are now, discussing the good, the bad, and the funny all along the way. Everyone has an important story to share, and there are valuable lessons we can take away from each one. And welcome back friends to another Chase Stories chat. Today, I am here with my good friend, Karim. Karim, your last name is Lopez, right?
1: <laughs> Lopez, yeah.
0: Karim Lopez. Welcome, Karim. Thank you for joining me.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Excited to uh, be doing this um, and helping helping this, this get going off, get off the ground.
0: Yeah, totally. I appreciate it. Um, Karim is a big reason why sort of Chase Stories has gotten kind of taken off and come off the ground. Um, just like he said, uh, he when I was first kind of coming up with the ideas, he was a, a nice little rebound for me, someone I can, you know, throw some ideas. And he and I were throwing a lot of ideas back and forth. And he's a big reason why this sort of started. So to that, Kareem, and to help starting Chase Stories, I want to give you a little cheers. I you guys sure. Starting all of these off with the cheers. Cheers to you.
1: Cheers. Ah, uh, and it's five, it's five. o'clock somewhere, right? It is.
0: I mean, I'm on the East Coast, so it's three o'clock almost.
1: For you, are you I don't know, what is it like. Two, uh, Ten a.m. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, let, let's keep down the the D hour. <laughs> um,
0: I am starting off, starting with you, Kareem. You're actually the lucky first one to do it. Um. We are starting off our Chase Stories chat with a random question just to break the ice. Are you ready?
1: Oh, let's do it. Let's are do you
0: clear with the animal, the platypus?
1: The platypus? Yeah, what's that one show on Disney Channel? The turquoise <laughs> yeah. the- confirmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, here's your question. Is a platypus a duck or a beaver? Oh. I'm starting off with a heavy hitter question. Oh
1: man, <laughs> we're going into the weeds. <laughs> right off the bat, um, so face of a duck, mostly, body of a beaver, but I will say the most prominent feature is that beak, so I'm going to go with duck.
0: All right. Maybe I should uh, ask everybody this question, and then I can do a poll at the end and see. <laughs> I kind of like that. We'll see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Kareem and I, so along with chase stories, Kareem and I know each other from St. Mary's College of California. Kareem's a year above me, um, and we met through a mutual friend. Shout out to Alfonso Avila, um, the guap master himself, <laughs> the young legend. <laughs> guap. Guap. Um, so that's how Kareem and I met, um, but we didn't really become good friends until later on. Um, when I kind of reached out, we started talking. Um about Chase Stories, um, the ideas behind it, as well as I made a trip down to San Diego, where he's from um, and we hung out and kind of since then, uh, we've been talking and we've come a lot closer, which has been really cool to see and uh, make a new friend and you know kind of explore our relationship and uh, you know grow that relationship too through this and through other different things as well. Um, so Kareem, could you yeah. tell us a little bit about you, your background and what you do?
1: Yeah, 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 so, I mean, how how extensive, how- uh, As much as you want, friend. Yeah, so I would say, so born and raised in San Diego, um, family is from Mexico, both mom and dad uh, immigrated over back in the 80s, I believe, Mm -hmm. and we landed here in San Diego, um, K through 12, and then uh, I decided through kind of a very- weird type of coincidences and, you know, ex-girlfriends, parents and whatnot, I was exposed to introduce the idea of St. Mary's and college overall. And so that kind of changed my trajectory. And I ended up wanting to go to Northern California. I I knew I wanted to get away for a little bit, explore different uh, parts of California. And I thought the Bay area was a great opportunity for that. Yeah, And yeah, I, I, Spent four years there, made a lot of great connections, including yourself. And I, I always consider St. Mary's the the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So a lot of friendships, a lot of great connections uh, I've had. Um, career pivots, you know, come out of like just conversations with those the people I've met there,
2: mm-hmm. as
1: well as uh, connections that they've made, and, and they've been more more than willing to. And so I'm, I'm very, I feel very um, blessed, and and grateful to have that I've had that experience um yeah then from there came back down to San Diego worked out here a little bit and got in sales um decided the bay area I, I still wasn't done with it so um <laughs> made my way back up there uh, hopped into tech and did that for about three years until um for one reason or another just uh you know burnt out a little bit sales is very demanding and so um, I left my job, did a little bit of traveling, and uh, you know, bounced around in Mexico and uh, I visited Colombia, Costa Rica, I did like Western Europe, and uh, and yeah, then made it back. And since then, I've been working in construction. Uh, one of my uncles has a construction company flipping houses, mm-hmm. and currently, I'm, I'm flipping a house with one of his business partners. And yeah, been been excited. Uh, to do that, always loved working with my hands and kind of seeing the fruit of my labor from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And we'll see what's what's next.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so you said my my dad's also an immigrant, and as well as my grandparents on my on my mom's side. Do you think, or how do you feel about like growing up with immigrant parents? Did that affect you, um, positive positively or negatively? Um, growing up, um, as well as you're, you're bilingual as well. Um, I had a, a talk with Diego the other day, Diego Rios if you guys haven't seen that one yet. Um, go ahead and watch that one. Um, and we talked a lot about uh, being bilingual and I wanted to get your take on that as well. Um, so kind of growing up as parents of immigrants as well as you know how that affected you growing up and um, the language thing too.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's a, that's a pretty cool question because, like anything, there, there's pros and cons. Um, and to an extent, I can't fully know what it's like to grow with different parents um, in a different environment and different circumstances. But I will say that, you know, through some of the friendships I made, I was able to see the differences. And so I I guess I'll approach it through, through that um, mm-hmm. aspect. Um, yeah, so I, I think my I think Spanish was my first language, and I was lucky enough to have gone K through third grade, I believe, in um, to like a bilingual type of uh, performing arts academy is what they called it. What the difference is, I I'll never know. But you were,
0: you were growing up to become a child star on Telemundo, essentially. You're gonna
1: <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, <You're
2: coming> yeah. <laughs> La Rosa de or something.
1: Yeah, I was going to be like Cama Camaleon, you know, just <laughs> change, changing colors and, you know, plugging in and out of English and Spanish and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I was lucky to be able to retain that. Um, we also, my family, I don't know if it was the foresight or just kind of playing like that. We were able to purchase a property that was a duplex. And so my grandparents, who also immigrated from from Mexico, um, lived next door, while my mom, you know, and me and my two siblings lived next to them. And so while she was working, you know, I would come home from school, spend most of my time with my grandparents. And I, you know, very often call them my second set of parents because they, they were there for a lot of it. And in many ways, they helped like inculcate a lot of what Mexican tradition uh, means to me now whether it's the food it's the mannerisms it's the humor and you know the uh yeah all the all the banter going back and forth and stuff. Oh, yeah you know, a lot of that i i just picked up from my grandparents which i'm very grateful for and um yeah i thought it was a i thought it was a good a good childhood mm-hmm. you know we we still grew up in the time before cell phones and computers and all that were were mainstream and accessible to everybody. And so good old days. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, back in my day. Back in my day. Um, And so um yeah, so we had we had a pretty good, you know, well-rounded uh childhood, you know, climbing trees, riding bicycles, you know, um, getting scuffed up and and earning our stripes, so to speak. And by that I mean like scabs and and cuts and whatnot, and so um, I, I I am I look back with very like very fond um, feelings and sentiment for, for, for those times because I think we're very lucky to have experienced that, but also have one foot in what is now the gig economy, kind of like the the, the tech and social media world, you know, that we're we're now living through, and so. Um, yeah, I think I think it was a very very unique time to grow up.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then you went to St. Mary's. How was your experience there? Um, obviously you're pretty far away from home. Um, yeah, and you know it's a, it's a very small community as well. It's a very tight knit community. It can be great in a sense, and can also be you know kind of difficult. I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think. Um, So I went to a small charter school for high school. My graduating class was, I think, 112. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was used to the small um, Mm -hmm. classrooms, you know, the the everybody knows everybody type of um, setup. And so St. Mary's for me with 2000 undergrads was a step up. You know, I had a lot of friends who came from bigger high schools and we're always talking smack about how, oh, that, that was the size of my freshman class or something, you know, like, <laughs> uh, which, which I had no clue about. And um, to walk that back a little bit, I had no clue even what to expect about college because it wasn't something that was taught to me or, or you know, was an expectation that was uh, inculcated in me from, from a young age. It just happened, so, happened to be that um, an ex-girlfriend of mine in, in high school, um, her mother was a professor at a local community college and a local university um, over at uh, Cal State San Marcos. And so, yes, she, you know, I, I was very traditional, very conservative. And so when I asked for permission to date their daughter, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Oh my God. draw conclusions and assumptions from that. But I was very conservative. I was very... Um, Kind of religious and very you know ethical with with the way i carried myself um so i, I approached the approach to parents and, and one of the things that I, I still remember to this day was they prioritized um, not only the relationship i was gonna have with their daughter but also the development i was having as a as an individual which i'm grateful for uh to this day because they they made me agree <laughs> to take ap classes honors classes and the curriculum we had was also ib like international baccalaureate or whatever and in order and to because date our daughter? yeah like they said you know if you want to date our daughter you know you seem like a nice guy we're all for it but first comes school now. <laughs> yeah and and i mean basically essentially that's what yeah. they were pushing for you know that mm-hmm. you know we i had to take high um, school seriously. And of course here comes, you know, dopey Kareem, you know, like still got his milk mustache and, you know, trying to figure things out. This is one of my first girlfriends. Um, yeah, I was all about it. I remember coming into junior year, I had signed up for AP classes, like honor honor classes and I was so motivated, uh, but I still didn't have an idea of what this, why I was doing this. It was just because I wanted to be dating uh, my girlfriend at the time. and all this just kept building and and um, we've talked about this a lot where you know learning learning or being exposed to new ideas, new uh, information, um, history, and different topics and whatnot, it, it builds on top of each other. and so when you know go, going through that year, which I ended up getting like straight A's, it was the first time, you know. I've always been good at school, but like that that year, I was like really motivated. Um, I started like seeing the benefit of it, and and really being exposed to all the kids that were going that were in those classes from eighth grade, you know, from middle school. Um, and so it definitely just elevated, you know, and exposed me to different ideas. and And I thought um, that was a big pivot and change in trajectory because I I then started. Looking at college as something else than just the uh, the next step or whatever, and Mm -hmm. and even then, (laughs) I still didn't know what to expect. So I got to St. Mary's. um, We got the dorms. You know, no parents around. You know, oh, we can we can drink alcohol on campus. Oh, great! Like we, I had never drank either. That was another thing. It Mm -hmm. wasn't until summer before college. So as you can imagine. any like sheltered eighteen year old would go crazy, and and that I did. <laughs>
0: Bring out the fireball, boys! We're going out.
1: <laughs> oh, dude! It it was the um, I still remember it was the raspberry Smirnoff. Oh, exactly, ew. <laughs> exactly. I don't have fun of that, but ignorance is bliss, right? So yeah. that, that was the drink of choice, or yeah, I mean the. The default because mm-hmm. money wise that was the cheapest thing. So, oh, and the four locos I almost forgot we had four oh. locos back then.
2: Locos.
1: yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a great experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was going to ask, what did you study in college? I studied economics. Mm-hmm. Do you still see yourself doing something in that realm?
1: Um. You know, it's it's something I'm I'm definitely interested in. Um, I guess the way I understand a professional career in economics, it's it's more academia, mm-hmm. research based, um, and you know, it, it translates into business. Yeah. But I don't think it's a ma- it doesn't seem like it's a major focus when it turns into business um, because it's more of a micro level, it's, it's more of management, it's more of um, managing resources and whatnot. Um, and so I, I I guess it's the way I was, um, it was explained to me was that it's a great, it's a great um, study to have, because you can pull from it, you can extrapolate a lot of different things that apply to business. Yeah, but it's not necessarily very focused on just the economics portion, because it's economics, it's a way of it, it's it's a paradigm, right? It's a way of interpreting the world, how things work together. You know, the, the economy, even society. Like, there's a lot of sociology in it, um, yeah. and psychology, and so. Um, in that sense, like it's it's very useful day day in day out. But career wise, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I see like a much of a path for me.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask is because you talked a little bit about you know your sort of job journey, um, working in tech, um, moving up or moving up to the Bay area. It's nice. Um, and you know, and just trying to figure out what you want to do. And now you're working in, in construction and doing that sort of stuff. Um, and you talked a little bit about traveling and we've talked on the side before about our travels and how that's really affected us. Um, could you talk a little bit about you know how why you decided to start traveling after you know quitting your job in tech and sales um and how that's affected you now
1: yeah um so a a lot went into that decision because just like college i was very um i very much had what what i now realize and and am able to verbalize as the imposter syndrome mm. of not feeling like i belonged yep. uh, feeling like it was it was only a matter of time before people realized i was a fraud right that i wasn't supposed to be there or that i didn't know what i was actually doing um, i felt a lot of that in college and it took it took years to feel comfortable to feel like i belonged even though what i saw and what was communicated to me, you know, with just hanging out with different people from all over the country was, um, you know, we were all on the same boat. We were all trying to figure it out. Yeah. And even then, you know, sometimes it just takes, it takes longer for some people and and it's faster for others to, to realize those things and then to kind of get on track and, and start hitting your stride. And I think I dealt, I dealt with that, um, when I was in tech as well, because what I had seen growing up was most of my family being in blue collar jobs, blue collar professions, which are, they're, they're great. Right. I'm doing construction now. I love it. Um, despite how it might be perceived. Yeah. Um, I think they're very good ways to earn a living and, and provide, um, for your family unit. And so, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of pressure in that sense. Uh, sales, sales in itself, for anybody, um, despite your background, um, it's it's a cutthroat uh, way to make a living. It's fighting for your job every single month, right? It's um, great, you know, you hit your number last month, but what have you done for me this month type of deal. Um, You're never really cruising, you're never really, um, how can I say, like, plateauing or whatnot, because there's always more to do. And mm-hmm. I think the way I'm wired, um, it, it was just more effort for me than it was for others that, that were wired in, in, in a way to succeed for those types of roles. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and so it just, it just took a lot out of me. It, it was a lot of effort for me to um, keep that, that energy and high tempo up for, for so long. And so the three, three and a half years that I that I did at, at fusion storm in, in the Bay area, were they were great for for personal development for you know powering through and, and um building persistence and fortitude and, and all those things but at the end of the day you know it i, I realized it just wasn't the best fit yeah. that's not to say anything bad or negative about the the company or the people who work there because i still um, have good friendships with people that work there it's just it just wasn't a good fit and that's okay to um to admit or to realize yeah yeah
0: um let's talk a bit about imposter syndrome because you brought that up and i've talked with other people about it as well and uh could you maybe go into what that is um and how you feel it or how you felt it
1: yeah so i guess I'm not sure what it would look like in in Webster's or, you know, dictionary.com, but I guess what it felt like was that I I knew I wasn't performing to what I perceived everybody else, um, what level they were performing at. I always felt um, inferior in the sense that I had doubts and maybe that's a personality trait. Maybe that's just how I'm wired where I'm very critical of myself and so I'm always doubting myself and it helps motivate me at times, but it, it's also very easy for that to become a negative um, kind of obstacle because there was times where I was thriving and I was loving the struggle. And I was like, you know what, it's being uncomfortable. It's part of adulting, adulting. It's it, It's doing things that you might not want to be doing. And for the sake of getting to a place where you will be doing, what you mm-hmm. wanna be doing and and earning more and um, meeting new people or doing different types of things um, in a career that you end up loving. And what I've realized is that just takes time. It takes yeah. trial and error. And the way I see it, it, it it's now, um, I gave it three years of my life. Um, I learned a lot. And I now know what I don't wanna be doing. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's still very much a valuable experience and one I don't regret at all. Um, but yeah, I would say imposter syndrome was um, that kind of in between of not feeling like like you're you're cut out for, for the expectations placed on you. And yeah. a lot of times it's the expectations you're placing on yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. And how
0: yeah. how do you deal with those those feelings? like you said, like it can be beneficial and it kind of pushes you. Um, But I know in my sense, it can be, at least for me, putting a lot of high expectations at times and, you know, feeling unworthy can really just bring me down uh, and make it really difficult to just kind of, you know, just feel like you're in a good place. How did you sort of get over that? And do you have any any tips or strategies that you use that really helped you out or things
2: that helped you?
1: Yeah, I I would say a lot of it, it just took time. It Mm -hmm. took um, trial and error and just experiences to develop maturity and wisdom, so to speak, because like in in college, we're we're just trying to figure out our place and where where we fit in, our our Mm -hmm. group of friends, are we in the cool crowd? Are we not? You know, all these things. And it it just takes time to get out of that. And yes, for some, it's, it's faster for some, it takes a little bit longer and and that's perfectly fine. I think for me, I kind of always had an overtone of, of doubt of insecurities um, that was just kind of like a, a cloud hanging over my head. And even though to others, I seemed like I was being successful. I seemed like I was uh, very confident or whatnot. Like on the inside, I didn't feel that way. Yeah. And and it just took a lot of time for me to have conversations such as we're having now um, and to also just flood myself with positive information, positive reinforcement, surround myself with people who are um, not only do I admire and, and at times like, trying to replicate what they're doing um, because there is a period of fake it till you make it. Yeah, And then you end up convincing yourself just how the vice versa, the opposite is true, that you tell yourself you're not smart enough. You tell yourself you're not good enough and you believe those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just took time to understand those concepts and then to practice them. And it's a long, tough process, but there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and a lot of it is just growing up. Um, And then there's also a lot to be said about just, um, just removing yourself from those situations, right? So uh, for me, traveling and and leaving my job was that exactly. It was um, initially just uh, saying, you know, screw it and taking off and not thinking about it. It's more of a, I like to think, I think it's like kind of childish, but also very necessary for that place I was in, in my life, that time mm-hmm. in my life of just saying, screw it, you know, no responsibilities. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this despite whatever, even though this is just all internal dialogue, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I remember my, my manager had a great conversation with me and um or we had a great conversation and he was like you know what this isn't looking good um there's two things you can do you know you can give it another shot you know you've been trying really hard and you know things are just not panning out or you know the kind of situation at work it's not the most conducive for you to be successful but you know you can do, go that route he's like um but also i wouldn't fault you if you just decided to take all your vacation time all your PTO. And you know, take advantage of that because you also deserve the break. And I was like, you know what, right now, the way I'm feeling, where I'm at mentally, psychologically, all these things, I, I just want to decompress a little bit and come back with, you know, more clarity. At least yeah. that's the goal. I went to Columbia, which I know um, some of your family is from. Yep. Lo- loved it, by the way, had such a good time. Um, and yeah, it, it was great. Went with a couple of friends I you know, definitely did a lot of decompressing but um, one of the, the big takeaways was um, I, I was able to confront a insecurity that I didn't know I had mm-hmm. which was like never feeling proud of my heritage of being Mexican and, and all those things ended up like tying into like that um, imposter syndrome because I think like tech and a lot of white collar jobs Culturally, uh the majority is is, you know, uh, Caucasian. Yeah. And so the culture around it, it's very, very Caucasian. And so I always that that definitely fed into the imposter syndrome. But anyways, I came back with a lot of you know motivation and feeling pride because everybody in Colombia was like, Oh, we love Mexicans. You like, Chamo del ocho, and you know, uh El yeah. Vicente, Vicente Fernandez and the food and this and that and and it, it just was not my experience growing up in Southern California, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that built into that. And then also I was able to spend four days in Costa Rica on my way back from Colombia by myself, which also allowed me to build on other skills or other um, aspects of my personality, which were you know, traveling alone and getting in touch with my intuition and building confidence in my ability to adapt and to execute on decisions on the whim, um, mm-hmm. which also built into the, the imposter syndrome, right? So it's, you know, be, being human in the human condition, it's a very messy type of uh, yeah. situation. And so, you know, I don't know the right formula or how it worked out, but you know, it, it just all came together. And so I came back to work, um, spent another two months kind of sorting everything out and trying to get the next person set up with my accounts and my customers and inevitably you know that time came left my job um and and again same thing decided you know i really enjoyed that you know that that solo type of travel the backpacking realizing you only you don't need very much Mm -hmm. to feel fulfilled to have a great time to meet awesome people and um those priorities started shifting right and so i did Southeast Asia, uh, bounced around through Thailand, uh, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Awesome experience, all compacted within a month. I came, I had, I had bought my my flight there and back. Came back and I was like, you know what? I've got some money saved up, like, and a severance package. So like, why not keep it going? And, <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and I did that for like five months in uh, mm-hmm. Mexico, and then uh, I visited Portland for a weekend, and then I also went to Europe for like about three months so
0: man you've done so much traveling (laughs) i'm jealous first of all i think it's something that you've talked about in terms of the jobs and the imposter syndrome too just staying in a job because of the the status or you know that the stuff that brings it like to say like hey i'm in tech um brings some sort of status you know with it in a sense um, yeah. I think it, it's awesome that you were able to recognize that this may not be for you and that you left in order to do what's best for you. Um, and I, I like to think of that as well, like with thinking about like high school and college and trying to choose which is going to be the best fit for you. And, you know, you're making these decisions all all the way from like, you know, after eighth grade um, and you don't yeah. realize how, how big, you know, the impact is and. Trying to figure out what is going to be best for you because, just say colleges for example, like going to a big college, like let's say I don't know University of Arizona or you know whatever one of the bigger schools, um, may not have helped you grow as a person. It may not have been you know your thing. For someone else and someone else's personality, it might have been great, but for you, it wasn't. It might not have been. And you know you you knew the smaller schools for me. I would not have done well at a larger school. I would not have liked it. Um, And same with jobs. I think you have to do, there needs to be a bit of introspection and you need to do some, you know, some digging inside to figure out what's best for you and who you are. And then, you know, from there, I think that's where things can start going in terms of what you want to do with your life as well, you know, doing what's best for you in terms of your mental health or whatever, your physical health. Um, but really, really, like, it's
1: hard too. Yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Look in; it's much easier to not and
0: to ignore it. It's yeah. so easier, um, and it can be hard to look in, and that's what I've been trying to do, um, especially over the last couple months. And Kareem and I have talked about that: um, being vulnerable and really, you know, looking deep inside to figure out who you are as a person. Um, but it's super important, and it'll really benefit in the long run. And you know, I've just just from talking with you, you seem a lot happier to um, what you're doing and where you're at yeah. personally, uh, which I think is super cool. Um, and obviously, traveling plays a big part in in learning those sorts of things. Let's talk. Let's talk oh, about yeah. travel stories because, you know, you talked about
2: <laughs> traveling
0: solo and the backpacking life and traveling solo is a very interesting one, especially when traveling to different countries. Um, oh, yeah. And I have some some fun stories from um, traveling through Peru by myself for a couple weeks. Um, and I know you have some stories. Um, before we get to the funny stuff, uh, let's talk a bit about you know just how open and vulnerable, um, at least in my experience, and you've talked about it too. Just how cool it is to meet like the hostel life, going through different hostels. Um, and meeting these people that are also traveling alone and that shared experience. Uh, Let's go a bit into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, (laughs) you touched on a lot of good, good topics. And I think that the solo backpacking type of lifestyle and, and, and mentality, it's, it's not for, it's not for everybody. Right. I think, um, there's people that love glamping and you know there's people that love just trekking 20 miles into a mountain a mountain range and you know just kind of figuring it out you know and um, everybody's on a different scale but I think like I didn't know that was that was in me that was something that I was gonna really enjoy it was just more so a a little bit rebellious kind of like sticking it to the system or what society, Mm-hmm. kind of uh, was expected from me or, you know, and again, this is all internal, right? Like nobody's telling me, Oh, you have to do this. You know, this is what we expect from you. Like, this is all here, you know? So it's silly and it's very idealistic and very ignorant in, in a lot of ways. But, um, but again, like that's what the the personal, the personal struggle and the journey is all about. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I found that out at a very good time. Um, for me it was very cathartic to just uh, up and leave everything. Um of course I was responsible. I subleased my room in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I had savings and you know, I had you know a good safety net with my family in San Diego, if anything I ever went south. So like I'm not gonna say I'm you know, pick myself by the bootstraps or I did it completely solo. No. Yeah. Um but yeah, I got out there and man, like just the type of person that takes that leap in the middle of their 20s or, or whatever, you know, in, in their 20s, 30s, um, it, it's very specific. And, you know, you and I didn't know each other during college, not very well, at least, like it was just a mutual friend and passing um, we spoke. But um, I think we both kind of picked up on who, what type of people we were. And I think that's why we were able to connect so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have skipped so many other levels of, you know, just, you know, partying together or whatever, you know, the four years of college, you know, we skip all yeah. of that. And yeah, we're still, we're still here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was what I found with solo travelers. Um, th- just this idea of minimalism, of, you know, not needing um, all the things that maybe our, our culture values you know material things of know, financial wealth of you know the status of where you work and all these labels that we kind of organize in a hierarchy and and that becomes how we um, show value how we show our worth so to speak and it's very very tempting and easy to get sucked up in that especially when the bay area and all the jobs most of our friends in in um that came out of St. Mary's and stuff. They have like, they have good jobs. You know, they yeah. you know so, some are better than others in um, terms like, and, and again, that's another thing too. It's like ranking via salary wise, and that's a very dangerous game to play as well because you start comparing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and and uh, and social media doesn't help either because you're seeing the best version of everybody, only what they want to want you to see.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so it's a, it's a very dangerous game to play when we're still developing, we're still trying to form ideas about the world, about ourselves. Um, and so with, with backpackers, it's not like that. It's, it's almost an escape. And everybody I met was either leaving a, a job like I was, yeah. or um, was, you know, had left their relationship or was just looking for something else, something deeper that you know, they weren't getting out of their day-to-day routine. And like the, the amount of growth that happened in that those five months was insane it was years compact into those five months because you're meeting people in raw places right like they're very vulnerable they're very um open about what they're experiencing You you find yourself sharing all these very vulnerable things which um to be honest with a lot of my close friends that I know for years throughout college and even some high school friends that I hadn't shared it with. Yeah. You know, like all those barriers come down. Once you pull yourself out of your day to day of like who Kareem is in his job, his fancy job in San Francisco and living in the apartment in San Francisco and you know, all these things, you strip it all away. What are you, you know, what do you have? You know, what do you think? Um, and I think that was very important for me to, to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Um, and to also explore that deeper, and I think like I've, i I got I got stuck in that. Yeah. <laughs> and I I don't know I'm really enjoying it. Um, just having shed all those expectations and kind of false narratives. Uh, and and because of it, I'm making the friendships I want to be making, um, yeah. and those friendships are, uh, are deeper layers. And I find myself waking up in the morning energized to go on with my day and have these types of conversations um, with more and more people. And so it's it just, it's one of those things also where, you know, the type of person you are, the types of vibes you're putting out, out um, yeah. people are picking up on that and you end up connecting, you end up um, finding those types of people within a crowd, you know, yeah. some way, somehow, I don't know how it works, but uh, yeah. it, it just happens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. No, I, I love that. And you know, the, <laughs> I mean, with with backpackers and traveling, I feel you, I mean, the big thing is you start realizing the importance of experience, experiences over material things. Uh, And like you said, like for me, I realized everybody who's traveling or like in a hostel is usually not from that area. And so everybody's in this, you know, different place where you may or may not speak the same language. Right. Um, and you're all convening in one spot and you know people, like you said people just kind of like put their guards down um and you're yeah. just really vulnerable which which is uh like you said like it's hard to do in the day-to-day life and that's something that i'm trying to learn to be to do more um just in general because it does really energize you and you find like-minded people and you don't have to put up the the bs facade of whatever it is that you're doing all the time yeah it can be super draining um, and you don't realize it, but it, it does drain you at the end of the day. And so, you know, oh, wow. those very genuine connections and, and building those relationships is super, super important.
1: And, wow. it, and, it's a, and it's encouraging, too, to see that with people your age or roughly your age mm-hmm. all around the world, right? Like, we, I think as Americans, we always put Europeans on a pedestal. And like, oh, they're so sophisticated and so fancy. The fresh with their cheeses and wines and the... Italians with you know all their uh history and whatnot, and then you meet them and they're just like us, you know. They're still yeah. they're going through the same type of like life struggles and all these things, and it just demystifies the good and the bad, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're able to just kind of level with people, and it's 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 incredible, yeah. Yeah, One of my favorite all-time favorite experiences of just you know being able to. It's it's like freshman year at St. Mary's. It's the only thing I'm able to. Um, compared to where everybody's on the same boat, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter like who you are, where you came from, it's just everybody's on the same boat, and everybody's kind of got that Mr. Krabs, like, I'm sure type of face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously, usually, hostels the too, they're full of alcohol, also. So, uh, oh, yeah. kind of helps to, to put the berries down, too.
1: The, the, the social lubricant, <laughs> such as <laughs> my uh, my uh. My Buffalo Trace right
0: here. Oh man. I love Buffalo Trace. We were talking about that earlier. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> I mean just like just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean music and alcohol, those are two things that you'll usually probably find in a at a larger hostel, which in Peru I found I found a, a lot of. Uh, let's just say yeah. that. Along with dancing on top of, of bar tables, but we don't talk <laughs> we don't bring
1: that up. <laughs> Oh, you and all you and all cut coyote ugly on them.
0: Oh man, all <laughs> in. Your boy was getting tips left and right.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't let me leave. The, the the bands made you dance. Oh, bands
0: make them dance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with a rack them up or rake them <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> um, I traveling has been such a an in, integral part. I feel for. My life journey, and I know for yours as well, and I think the biggest thing is that it's really, whenever we've done travels in whatever shape or form, it's always forced us to grow and push our comfort zones um, in some way, Uh, which I have, you know, it's been a blessing to be able to travel and do those sorts of things. I know a lot of people cannot um, for whatever reason, Um, but I really recommend it. Um, for anybody who hasn't been able to do it, and obviously, honestly, Chase Stories was kind of founded on pushing my comfort zones through traveling. That's kind of how it all started. And <clears throat> um, and traveling to Vietnam by myself, um, I didn't. I did have a friend that was living there at the time too, um, but for for like at least several days, I I was by myself uh, in a foreign country, and you know just figuring stuff out, uh, along the
1: way, you know, well, it's a, it's a whole different beast because it's oh, man. culturally, you know, language wise, like everything is so different from what we know. Right? Like Europe, Europe, they still, a lot of them speak English. Yeah. A lot of US, different countries speak a lot of English. And so you're still able to maneuver. Um, mm. but Asia, it's a different animal.
0: Uh, I definitely recommend it, especially Southeast Asia, like you did. It was one of my favorite trips because of how unique it was. And and the people were so kind. That was probably the coolest thing. Everybody was super nice. Um, I did meet a couple, just made a couple friends, one on on an airplane where I was super dehydrated from (laughs) before because I hadn't been drinking water. And I ended up playing in a soccer game randomly (laughs) around Ho Chi Minh City by myself, ended up on a field. Almost scored on my first touch; it would have been epic. Hit the post, but either way, <laughs> oh.
2: I'm
0: really dehydrated. Became friends with the person on the plane. June um, is her name. I am um, actually friends with her on Instagram. So, and uh, oh, every nice. month we talk just to just to say hi. Um, yeah. You know, it's traveling has really pushed my comfort zone, and I think that's the <clears throat> as I've been thinking about you know what is Chase stories and Kareem and I have talked about this and what we want, what I wanted it to be. Um, and, you know, traveling has forced me to be vulnerable, uh, put down my barriers and it's really forced me to grow and it's, you know, pushing my comfort zone and, you know, just in general, as a person, you should always be trying to push your comfort zone. Um, cause that's yeah. where you eventually, you know, that's where growth happens when you're, when you're pushing that, you know, if you, if you stay yeah. too comfortable in your spot, um, it can become very stagnant. Um, and I feel in order to. At least for me and where i want my life to go i don't want to you know be stagnant and uh, have regrets in life you got to continuously you know strive to grow and level up um, and that's how you know that's kind of how chase stories begins through traveling and, and doing that and uh, now it's become a place where you know we're just trying trying to talk to people where you know they're are also through their similar experiences are are trying to level up and grow as people and hearing their, how they got through these things. And it's been, it's been cool to see and talk with several people. And now you, and you kind of helped, you know, flesh out these ideas. Um, So it's been cool to see so far. and I feel very fulfilled doing this. Um, It's been, it's been tiring. talking to so many people, you don't realize how, how draining it is. You just like chatting, Um, but it's been super fun to be able to do that. And uh, I appreciate you and and your, you know, your help as well.
1: Yeah, of course, man. And um, I think one of the things we talked about as well was that in, in these chase stories chats, like you're going to come up with, you're going to speak with a lot of people who, all had a very unique, distinct background and and realizing the validity of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, different perspectives, different viewpoints, and all these things. And how as humans, like we're designed to categorize and judge and assume and all these things, there's so much going on in the world that if we were to, you know, ingest all the data that's coming in individually, like it would be too much to process. And so we function off like Putting things in buckets and categories and whatnot, and there there's a grain of truth in everybody's story, mm-hmm. um, and there's always something to be learned. There's something to be um, something to chew on it, and, and 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 you know um, try to um, or I guess like just um, like just um, share share like put put light on a different subject or a different aspect. Yeah. Um, so to speak. And um yeah, I, I think I think it's really cool what you're doing here and I'm happy to help on right can, man.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, so now that <clears throat> currently you just you know moved into a new apartment, you're telling me. Um yeah. what are some goals that you have um coming up, whether it's you know personal goals, financial goals um, you know, whatever. Do you have any, any goals, small or big, um, that you want to accomplish?
2: Um,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's important to always have, always be thinking big picture. Um, you know, while, while history is very, very important because, um, it's, it's what we, it's what we make decisions from. Right. So like our experiences are, viewpoints, all these things, like, you know, expanding that allows us to, operate in a much more deliberate and thorough um manner when when, when going forward and so um i think taking everything into account that i've been through that i've learned that i continue learning um i still keep in mind that i I want to be financially in a good place um i want to um, exercise my entrepreneurial type of uh muscle so to speak Uh, and so yeah, so right right now I'm doing construction. And I'm I'm flipping houses, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, because of COVID, because of different scenarios, I I have the opportunity right now to be working in exactly what I enjoy. Okay. Although it's not something I want to stay in for the rest of my career, um, I enjoy working with my hands. You know, I I love working on my car and tinkering with it and fixing it up, and um, and I love doing that with with homes as well, and. So right now I'm learning the, the finance aspect of it. One of uh, one of my mentors right now, he's the guy who's employing me, who he just purchased the house up in Oceanside. So uh, maybe like 30, 40 minutes from mm-hmm. the Ocean Beach where I'm at in San Diego. Um, and we're we're doing everything from start to finish. The demolition, knocking down walls, putting up new walls in different places, putting up you know the lighting all the texture and the drywall and just Mm -hmm. everything from start to finish. That's something that's always, um, it's very exciting for me to see the the fruit of my labor. And I think that was the disconnect with sales was that I can make a hundred calls in a day and I'll get any appointments, any sales, no meaningful conversations. And then other days I can make two calls and get a sale from one of them. Like Mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense in my head. Yeah. Um, So there's that disconnect and, so, you know, I'm I'm learning about myself and what works for me. Um, I still think, you know, I'm still aiming to get a job in software now, uh, in like customer success roles, project management. Um, even in, in real estate too, I've been looking at property management type of positions to, to learn more about what I uh, ultimately I, I enjoy doing, you know, because at, at some point I would love to purchase homes, flip them, own some, rent them out. And, yeah. you know, I, I love the business aspect of that. And I guess like to answer your previous question, like my economics degree kind of, kind of, you know, fills some of those gaps of mm-hmm. understanding because I can see bigger picture, you know, the flow of capital and savings and, you know, income and, you know, all, the, all these things, you know, that, that are working and that are in play. So,
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You know, I, I think ultimately like, through my own means, I I want the same thing that, that a lot of people want, which is like financial freedom, Mm -hmm. um, the ability to make decisions from a place of um, very thorough choice, rather than like, um, feeling like you're stuck in a job and you have to stay within a certain city or state, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you you kind of feel forced to make certain decisions because of debt or because of certain, uh, I don't know, commitments. Um, and so I, I think ultimately like roughly a two-year plan is to finish paying off my loans which i'm almost there um and i feel very great about um mm-hmm. i think i'll be done by the end of the year but hey um, nice. congrats yeah thank you man thank you appreciate that and, and then like focusing on like, building and creating the life that i want
0: that's awesome and you're getting fit Shout out to the virtual workout squad.
1: Yeah, VWS. VWS. It's a Rebel, let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, shout out to Rebel. He'll he'll be on one of these soon. And hopefully we can get the three of us on it sometime as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, a little workout class that we do over Zoom with uh with a group of friends. Um, and you, you you're looking good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like a nice of burrito.
1: <laughs> my my girlfriend cassie she has a she got a present from a friend it's a tortilla blanket oh. <laughs> so, yeah it's like a like a month ago i i was like hey record this so i like laid it out on the floor and i like rolled myself into it and i was like <laughs> i captured it like a bean burrito or whatever <laughs> oh no
2: Oh man! <laughs> I'm
0: gonna change my analogy though. You look more like the um, al pastor, but you know you're you're you started off on the the heavy part, you know, on the top, and now you're getting yeah. nice lean. you've been cutting
1: it, getting, getting those nice cuts, getting those nice yeah, cuts. We were adding the one eating it. <laughs> <boy's getting> <laughs> no, I, I I see you coming up too. You oh, yeah. told me you told me uh, you lost uh, like ten pounds in a few weeks. Yeah, which it's is, which is intense, dude. That's oh yeah, that's a testament of your hard work.
0: I've been I've been going at it because after I tore my Achilles, um, like a year year and a half ago now, uh, I was just like nothing. And I love to go hiking. I love to run. Yeah, not wearing so that was really tough. But you know now I'm like oh, I got to get back into it. The virtual workout squad has actually helped a lot just because I it's a group of friends, so it's it's more motivation. And I'm also very competitive, so I don't like to lose. Yeah. Um, but the first day, Kareem did take me to this. <laughs> he did not inform me how difficult it was going to be, and it was on a Saturday <laughs> for the class, and I almost threw up. That was the dry <laughs> so I had to turn off the Zoom call
1: <laughs>
0: so that no one would see me and the volume.
1: Oh God, it's it, it, crazy! You just got ambushed. You just got ambushed, man. But know, you, you stuck it out like a champ. You've been doing stuff on the side as well, which is which is uh-huh. awesome, dude.
0: Yeah, it's uh I think routines are huge and in order to achieve your goals you got to you got to start with good routines. Um yeah. I've been realizing so uh, we can talk about that another time <laughs> cuz we've uh we've almost been going for an hour now, dude. Wow. I know, you're right? Flying. you were scared. You were scared at the start, but you know, I was, not going right to lie. Here. I was a
1: little nervous. It's just that part of my brain that's always building stuff up like yeah. what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Like all these things and let it okay. flow, and you're like a rapper. The, 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 whis- the whiskey helps. Oh, yeah. That's
0: helps. I tell everybody to bring a drink. It helps out a lot. <laughs> Loosen it up. Loosen it up. It's
1: a good touch. It's a good touch.
0: <laughs> well, Kareem, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, we can do another thing like this sometime soon. We want to do it live sometime um, or in person. So hopefully, that can happen, too, with COVID. Um, hopefully that gets better, but I wanted to ask you real quick before we go, mm-hmm. are you open to maybe if, you know, something resonated with somebody and they wanted to talk to you, would be, would you be open to, you know, opening up a line of communication, whether it be email, whatever uh, for them to reach out to you?
1: Yeah. 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 Always welcome networking. And um, like I, like I mentioned, you know, I I love having these types of conversations. I, I seek out, People to mentor me and for me to mentor in some ways. Even though I, I, I don't know, I don't see myself in that type of role, but just bouncing around ideas um, and, and happy to share, and happy to listen. First yeah. and foremost.
0: So, uh, why don't you? What do you feel feel comfortable with? Email, uh, Instagram, whatever. Your social. Throw down your socials Throw down. I'm giving you a, a way
1: to plug. The, it right the, the plug. The plug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Kareem Had a Dream. So K-A-R-I-M um, Hadadream. And then email is Kareem X Lopez92 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Um and we'll, we'll hold off on the texting because uh yeah. I, think, I think I should be good enough. <laughs> we're, we're not at that point yet. You might have to- yeah, yeah, yeah. One step at a time. Okay. Yeah. What type, what type of girl do you take me for?
0: <laughs> <laughs> take it you got to get a 4.0 before you can even talk to me or look at you,
1: you, you, you got to talk to my parents first <laughs>
0: <laughs> well hey kareem thank you so much this was super fun and I'll, I'll uh we'll talk soon
2: yeah Marceline, appreciate it appreciate the time all right have a good one all right you too <laughs>